0: You feeling stuck lately? Like life's passing you by? Get to know Maya. Acronym, My Ambition, Your Ambition. Reconnect with your dreams, your goals, your ambitions. Find your motivation and start to live the life you desire. Explore the Maya, My Ambition, Your Ambition podcast at mayaakai.com. Happy Hump Day, everyone, meaning it's Wednesday, and this is another episode of Maya Reflection. Specifically, this is for Episode 6 and 7, so I'm doing a combination of episodes because they work well together, and the Reflection episodes are companion to full episodes when people will come back to me and say, hey, Maya, I got a couple questions about something that you said. Can you give me more insight on this or what's your thoughts on this? So it kind of gives me additional feedback on some of the previous podcasts, specifically this is for 6 and 7. Hopefully, you've had a chance to check out Episodes. You can always go to MayaAkai.com, and all the episodes are there. But of course, if you happen to have your podcast platform of choice, I get it. Um, I'm available in um, the iTunes. Google, iHeartRadio, all those platforms for podcasting. So you can look for Maya, My Ambition, Your Ambition, and listen via that. But of course, you can always just go to mayakai.com. And for every episode, I always give companion information so that I talk about something. But if you want to read a bit more and something that can give you a bit more insight, I put resources as companions as well with each episode. So if you go to mayakai.com, go to the podcast resource section and go to whatever episode you're listening to, Um, there'll be some additional resources to kind of help you dig a little deeper into what we've talked about. I said, you know, um, this is funny because I do sports and this is Maya outside of sports. This is what Maya really does for a living. I am a mental health counselor. I have a master's in that, working towards my PhD. Um, I've been doing it for 15 years. So um, sports is a passion that I have. I double majored in college. So this was also part of what I guess the grand scheme was supposed to be. So I feel that mental wellness is how I like to term it because when you say mental health to people um, that's a dirty word so mental wellness mental wellness is something that impacts every aspect of your life emotionally mentally obviously but also physically and financially Um, and people don't feel to understand there's a lot of patterns of behavior that really overarch in other areas of your life but you won't really realize it unless you do the the real work to say okay perhaps this is why I keep having the same outcome with so many things that I'm doing and I'm struggling with and I don't know why. And the way to correct those issues that you're having is to be honest enough to say, apparently something is going on with me um, that's not right or it's not exactly the way that it should be that's contributing to me not being as successful as I feel I can be as a person. Trust me, it takes a lot of courage to be as honest and here's word, we like to use words like transparent. Um, transparency and objectivity are two really difficult things to accomplish in our lives. I'm gonna tell you that right now. But it starts with being honest with yourself. When you stop focusing on what other people could be doing differently in respect to you and you focus on what you are responsible and accountable for yourself, that's the first shift you will begin to see in your life because then you'll begin to understand, wait a minute, I've been giving other people a lot more control in my life than I should have because I made the assumption that outcomes were going to be based on how other people react to me or treat me. Now, I'm not saying that's not true because it is, you can't control other people. This is why the whole point of mental wellness is to say to yourself, I'm going to work on me and I'm going to do the things that are relevant to me that I can change. And after that point, it's out of my hands what other people do, but I'm gonna focus on being happy with myself. We often self-sabotage ourselves because we're so focused on what other people should be doing or what we want them to do. So every episode, starting with episode four, has been building up to every episode after it. So I always say, even if you don't check out one and one through three, if you pick up at four, every episode after that will give you some great insight about who you are and why you are who you are starting with attachment styles, which can make people, a lot of people know about attachment styles and they don't realize it. So I'm not gonna go all the way back to four. The reason I felt that episode six is so important and episode six was how do you talk the talk? Which is what is your communication style? And there are four types of communication styles and you've heard this before. Passive, aggressive, passive aggressive and assertive. And assertive is the communication style that you should aspire to. One of the questions that came up with episode six with someone, she goes, okay, I hear what you're saying. And she goes, generally speaking, I I do feel I'm assertive, but she goes, but then when you described it, I realized that I'm probably far more passive aggressive in a lot of situations because I don't like conflict. So I'll be agreeing with someone, but everything about my body language will be saying, I clearly don't agree, but they don't care. So hence, I'm not really being In tune, or I'm not being congruent with how I feel. See, the key thing about communication and words I use frequently is congruency how you feel on the inside you need to learn how to make sure that is actually communicated on the outside and this is the art of communication is often lost in our society especially where everybody's so busy texting and they're they're communicating through social media so when it comes time to one-on-one with people and they really need to be able to communicate a lot of people drop the ball because they don't know how to say what they feel for one or two reasons they don't know how they feel or they know how they feel but they don't know how to properly communicate it so it's either i'm going to throw everything i feel on the wall and see what sticks and when you do that, you tend to leave things in other people's like minds of, I think Maya was saying this, but I'm not sure. I want people to learn how to communicate and not leave, make people read between the lines. Because that means maybe 50% of your message will get through and the other 50% might be lost. And the key thing will be is what 50% of the message actually did the person get? And was it the most important part? And the thing is, most people don't care that they're not good communicators, but they wonder why they have piss poor relationships. I'm a flat I'll tell you that. Because they don't bother to take the time to know what they need to be happy and understand how that fits into dealing with other people. So your communication style is really important. So again, listen to episode six, go to mayakai.com, go and look, and look at the companion resources that are in on the website, you go to podcast resources, and you could read more about the about the description styles. I will tell you this about communication styles. And this was the question that a person posed to me. They are complicated. I will tell you the one thing I've always said I've done really well is be a good communicator. It's why I'm good at my job. I'm a crisis worker and people will say, I don't understand how you can walk in a room and get an absolute stranger to talk to you because it's about communication style. There's verbal and nonverbal cues that people take from you. And based on who I'm dealing with, I take the time to get a feel for what that person is going through and what they need from me. And then I proceed to communicate accordingly. When I'm not at my job, I do the same thing. Generally speaking, now I'm gonna tell you this, I can get out of sorts just like anybody else because emotion, remember we talked about emotions in other episodes, our thoughts, then thus beget our emotions and our emotions take over. And depending on the relationship realm you're in, we're talking about that personal relationship realm you have with yourself. But when you get into that private realm of relationships with your children, significant other, family, those are often relationship realms that elicit a lot of emotion from us. And we don't always necessarily communicate the way we should because the emotion gets the best of us in that professional relationship realm, which is your job. A lot of people tend to want to step back and maybe be more passive, aggressive or passive because being aggressive could get you fired or it could impact or impede your progress at your job. So some people are like, I won't speak to the issue too much because I feel like I'm going to be pigeon If I say how I really feel. Remember, we also talked about presentation of personality. Remember, there are stereotypes in our society that right now we are trying to figure out how to debunk, which is funny. Because ultimately, for a lot of racial groups, specifically let's say for black women, we're the angry black women when we show emotion, which is interesting. Um, Black men are looked at being angry when they exhibit emotion, which is not fair. Because then you can shift to another side of the group, like Latinos, and it's passion and it's fiery. Passionate Latinos, not angry. And generally speaking, when a person who happens to be not Latino or not not black, um, let's say they're white and they speak their mind, then they're said to be outspoken. And sometimes people will say they got swag because that person is speaking their mind. Isn't it funny how you can be pigeonholed purely by stereotypes in society? So being able to master your communication style is really important. You can't control what a person thinks what they think you're gonna say. What you can control is what you actually say. And this is why understanding yourself and your emotions and what your triggers are. So if you know you're about to really pop off because somebody has said something, it's better to say, you know something, this is a really serious conversation and I think I need to take a timeout reflect on what we're talking about and i'd like to revisit this with you a little bit later especially when you see the anger seeping in this is something you can apply whether it's in a personal relationship that private significant other your kids or it could be you know at your job if you feel anger creeping up that already tells you the chances of you communicating properly with the person that's pissing you off is not going to happen because once the emotion kicks in it's like oh, here it comes. I'm about to give it to you. And let's be honest, anger is the easiest emotion for us to elicit and to tap into. It's interesting. We can tap into emotion like it's nothing. It's like you can go into fifth gear when it's anger, but when people have to come out of, because anger gives people courage. Isn't that interesting? Because you feel anger gives this drive. Whereas when you're not angry and you're a little bit clearer in your thinking, you're processing things, you may feel a bit more nervous or anxious. And when anxiety kicks in, chances of you being able to communicate properly is also lost. So this is why if you know you're an anxious person and communicating, one, you must acknowledge that. And two, say, when I find I'm feeling anxious, what is the best way for me to communicate? So remember, situations and people will often impact the way you communicate. Even those of us that are the best communicators, those situations can impact us. So I have found that when a person gets real argumentative and I feel like everything we're saying is just kind of, no one is really listening. People are just hearing so they can hear you stop talking so they can start talking. That's when conversations need to end. And that's when you need to say, you know something, especially when relationships have meaning, I don't feel we're getting anywhere right now because I think we're both very, very angry. So opposed to us, continually to talk about this. Let's revisit this at another time. And if they keep arguing with us, that's when you shut that down. Now, if you can walk out of a room, you say, I'm going to leave now because we're not getting anywhere. We're arguing and that's not solving anything. If you happen to be on a a phone call and you say, you know something, um, I don't feel like we're getting anywhere. So I'm just, I don't want to hang up on you. So I'm just going to sit here and not say anything. But it doesn't mean I'm even really. I'm I'm just going to listen, and I'm not going to respond back. So don't be angry. And they'll and most people will spout off, and then say, "Well, be like I just said to you that I wasn't going to say anything because I don't think we're really having a good, healthy conversation right now. Can we talk about this some other time?" And if you really want to kind of throw a loophole at somebody, hi Rhonda, Um, thank you for tuning in. If you really want to throw a curveball at somebody who's argumentative and 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 they're talking to you, and you're like, "This is insane," if you flat out say. I'm going to exit this conversation because this means something to me. Our relationship means something to me and opposed to me saying something to you that I'm going to have to retract later. I'm just going to walk away right now when I'm not so angry or feeling emotional. And I hope you don't take that personal because I value what we need to talk about. A lot of times when people hear things like you care and I'm open, it kind of makes them go, oh, okay." But remember, you can't control other people, but you also don't have to engage in negative conversation. And this is the other part about being a good communicator. It isn't just understanding what are your triggers that makes you move off your square or understanding your emotions and how you manifest those emotions in conversation, but how when other people don't respond to you the way you want, how do you respond back? See, that's the other way. Conversations are supposed to be two ways. So if it turns into a one-way street, it's already, it's already defunct, defective at that point because nobody is really listening, they're just hearing. So also as you're learning how to express yourself in a proper healthy way, the other thing I want you to know is how do you respond to other people when they don't respond back to you the way that you want to? This is all part of the art of communication that people don't get. Now mind you, I would say it comes with age and I would also tell you if you have children, it'd be something to, great to start working with them when they're young so that they can begin to understand because the LOLs and the whatever thing else they're putting in text is, is abbreviating how we should properly be communicating. And when people get face-to-face and face-to-face communication is being lost with every generation, it's being replaced with more social media and, and less face-to-face time. And what I find that is most people when you're asked, asked to express themselves, they don't know what to say. They don't know how to properly express themselves because technology has dumbed them down to a bit. I'm just being honest. So hopefully we have not fallen victim to being dumbed down by technology, but because at one point we had to learn how to communicate. And sometimes it's lost on us, especially in key relationships. So understanding how you respond to people when you are communicating with them, if they get angry, what do you do? And here's one better, start seeing the triggers. If you see a person acting passive aggressive, so they're going, Okay, Maya, sure. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah, Mm -hmm, Maya. Everything in that, that body language is telling you I'm agreeing with you, but I'm really not agreeing with you. And that's when you can be the better communicator and you say, I have this feeling that you're not agreeing with what I'm saying. And the whole point of this conversation is not to walk away and me feeling like I got my point across and didn't hear what you have to say. So because I feel like you're not agreeing with me, can you tell me what a part of what I'm saying you don't agree with? I wanna make sure I understand and I wanna make sure you understand me. They may not be a good communicator, but they'll say, hmm, they may take the invitation and they may not. And if they don't take it, that's your cue to, this is a person who's just not going to maybe get this. So should I be the person that has to be the bigger person and step back and say, okay, well, we talked about it. I don't know that we accomplished anything about it, but we started the conversation. Maybe we'll revisit this later when cooler heads prevail, because it does mean something to me. You walk away. That's more of those private relationships. Um, and, And mind you within private relationships, how you might communicate with your kids because you're the adult. You may feel like I'm the authority figure here. I can, I can say this, do this, be this. So you may be very direct. And I'm not saying that's wrong. And if you're old school like me, that kind of is how we were raised. But understand times have changed and kids don't respond well to that very directive style unless you've been that way their entire life. But they also sometimes tend to tune you out. Like my mom is just crazy. I don't have kids, but I hear him say it all the time. My mom is just angry. My dad is just angry. My dad gives me anxiety because um, he's threatening to do this and that. And he's not even listening to what I'm saying there's the cue. I feel like you're not listening to what I'm saying. How many times do we have teens say, I feel like you just don't understand me. And when you hear that, your response to be, you're probably right. I don't because I was 15, 16, 17, like a long time ago, and it was a different world. Tell me what I don't understand about you so we can figure out how to communicate better. Tell me what you think I'm missing. I want us to clear this void between us. So tell me what you think I don't understand. And then I'll tell you, you're probably right. Or no, I don't agree with that because here's what I was thinking. See, it's opening up the doors of communication. The same thing applies to your significant others. Don't assume somebody knows what you think or feel. Tell them what you think or feel. Prefacing and setting the table for good conversation, regardless to what the relationship is, is always important. Don't be too assumptive. You can always say, I need to have a conversation with you. And this could be the same conversation that you have with a boss. I don't know how you're going to respond to what I have to say, but this is what I feel like is going on. This is how I feel. Now, does it mean that you may see things the same way? Probably not, but I won't know unless I talk to you about you and ask you, because this is the vibe I keep getting. Boom. So now you set the table to say, it's not that I feel I'm right, but this is how I feel about what is happening. What's your perception on this? And then it becomes a non-confrontational type of conversation. And then you can proceed on with that. A lot of people don't know setting the, setting the, the table for a good conversation and making just like you set the table for a good meal. It's no different with conversation, set up the conversation, prepare the person that I might have to say something that you won't agree with. And I'm okay with that because the reason I'm engaging this conversation is cause I want better understanding cause I feel we're being lost in translation someplace. It's okay. Set the table for conversation. So it's no different with your boss. If something is going on at your job and you you feel like, you know, you're getting more frustrated because you're not expressing yourself, ask your boss, "Can I have time to talk to you about something?" and you they'll probably say, "Sure." It's their job to say yes, you know that, right? Um, make sure you go in with clear thoughts. I always tell people if you feel like you struggle to express your ideas, especially in really important and key conversations, write down notes for yourself. There's no shame in that. To make sure that you make you hit all your key talking points. You might like, "So there's a couple things I'd like to talk to you about." Don't mind my piece of paper. I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything because I have really given this a lot of thought and this conversation is very important to me. You're letting them know you're there for a very serious and important conversation and then proceed to talk about it. Be prepared for responses in different ways. Usually if you have a very like straight to it boss, they may say, I'm sorry you feel that way, but that's not what's going on. Here's the situation or they may be in a situation where they can't fully disclose to you what is going on let's be honest business is like that you flip that conversation with significant others and they may say the same thing like i don't know where you got that from so even if it's a conversation with your children with your significant other friends don't be afraid to write down your thoughts if you're a person that when you start talking, you feel like things get all mixed up and your wires get crossed. Because being a good communicator is learning how to separate out your wires and getting your message through. Not assuming someone understood you, but you should always close really important conversations. And that's what insertive people do. Speakers are like this. So let me recap what we're talking about everybody. There's a key thing I want you to walk away with. Here's the takeaway from this conversation. That's how you talk to large groups of people. You want to make sure that they get the takeaway of what you're talking about. So why don't we not use those same kind of communication styles with smaller conversations? I don't be like that energetic unless that's really you. But you can be like, so we just talked about a lot of stuff. Here's, here's what's important that I make sure you understand from me. A, B, and C. Um, I don't expect you necessarily to have like a response. Maybe you need to think about what I just said. But, and, if, and if you don't have a feedback, I'm okay. We can revisit this because it's an important conversation. You leave the door open. That's what good communicators do. So how do you talk the talk? Learn your communication styles and then realize that you are directly impacted by how other people perceive what you're saying and how they respond. And you shouldn't feed off of that response from them because then that may take you off your square. So know your communication style. Are you passive? Are you aggressive? Are you passive aggressive? Or are you assertive? Or sometimes you can be a little both you may have more than one communication style based on situation and who you're interacting with, but you tend to be dominant. I tend to be generally speaking assertive, but if you piss me off, I'm sure I can revert to being aggressive. <laughs> Seriously, I'm never passive and I'm not passive aggressive. So I can go from being very assertive in my conversation, but if I feel like you're really like getting on my nerves and giving it to me, and especially that I'm in menopause. I'll come at you and I'll be aggressive. <laughs> so there is no perfection to this. And I will realize I did not say what I needed to say in that conversation. And I'll come back and be like, okay, look. We had a conversation, and that's not the way I meant for that to go, because I'll be honest, you really rubbed me the wrong way. What I needed for you to understand in this conversation, I'm going apologize if I seem a little aggressive, but it happened. But here's what I hope you got from what I said, and then I go from there. So I'll take the ownership of, I might have been a little aggressive to you, which might have shut you down for me, but you rubbed me the wrong way when you said this, and I should have known better, but I was having a moment. I got in my feelings. I'm going to own it. I got in my feelings, and we're human, so it's okay to get in your feelings, but can you own it? And that's where objectivity comes in. So let's go ahead and jump into talking about episode seven, which is, it it took everything that we talked about from episode four through episode six. So your attachment styles, your language of love, you know, using outside feedback to learn how to be objective in, in episode five, and then episode six, how to talk the talk, understanding your communication styles. And it says, let's roll these things all together. And if you're a person who is really serious about, I want to be a better version of myself, I don't feel like I'm living up to my potential. Why is that? I feel like something's missing. I feel stuck, whatever it is. So I'm assuming if you're tuning into me, it's because you're seeking something more, maybe emotionally, mentally, physically, and financially. We haven't even gotten into those episodes yet. Wait till we have talk about, believe it or not, your communication style often laterals over to how you are in your life with your health and how you are with your finances, believe it or not. Passive, aggressive, passive, aggressive, assertive. Those styles, actually flow through other parts of your life just to let you know. But that's what we're gonna expand on when we get down to episode nine is when we step out of our personal relationship realm, which is that relationship you have with yourself. So episode seven, Me, Myself and I, as it was titled, which equals you, really talks about how do we take all the things that I've shared with you and make it value so you can work towards being the best version of yourself. In episode seven, I said, the takeaways that I really wanted you to get Is there's three things that i want to become your goal as you work through this process with me as i work through the process with myself and what that turns into i want you to focus on great not good I want you to understand that how to harnessing our objectivity is going to be one of your greatest tools you'll ever have in your personal toolbox. And then lastly, being willing to forfeit comfort, control, and convenience when it is a thing that becomes a stumbling block in your process of getting to the better version of yourself. So all that said was, and someone's like, okay, well, Maya, great. I said good, good is the enemy of great. And that was said during a presentation at my job. We had a moment of silence um, and there was a pastor who said that. And I'm like, I will steal somebody's, if you say something and it resonates with me, I said, he's right. Good is the enemy of great because good is about comfort and convenience and control. And and good is, is, is widely accepted in our society. So if you're doing good, You're not often going to push yourself. You're going to stay right where you are. But if you get comfortable with good, you may be missing out the things that can make you great, that those financial goals that you have, that health goal you have. So you have to be willing to say, am I too comfortable in my life? And is this why things have gotten mundane or the other big M word? Is this why I feel like things are so mediocre to me right now? Because you're settling for good because you're not struggling. And sometimes if the struggle isn't real, people don't tend to push themselves harder. And that's when they often get stuck in their lives. So just know when you're working towards that better version of yourself, it's stepping out of the comfort zone of good and saying, I'm forging forward to great. And that might be a rocky road, but I know what's on the other side of that. It's the happiness and it's that completeness that I seek that I feel like is missing. Being able to harness objectivity is the thing that will allow you to say, she's crazy. No, she's right though. I've gotten so comfortable in my life and you know what? It is kind of boring and I do kind of feel stuck and I do kind of feel like what is going on? Is this it? Is this all there is? Cause I'm comfortable and comfortable. Can you get too comfortable? That can turn into being lazy people. I'm just being honest. And then you end up self-sacrificing the things that you could be having to be a better version of yourself and to be happy in all your relationships. Because when you become complacent in your personal relationship realm, that relationship with yourself, guess what? That complacency, another C word, you know, I love alliteration. So I'm going to throw complacency in my C's, is that you often become complacent probably in your parenting and your relationships with your significant other and your friendships because you're just going through the motions. And when you're just going through the motions, life doesn't seem to be all that interesting. And a lot of people feel like something's missing. So just know that complacency and mediocrity, everyone doesn't get a trophy in life. (laughs) Everyone's not going to be a winner. I'm sorry. And if you're in my age group, you know exactly what I mean when I say that's the case. So with that being said, objectivity allows you to step outside your comfort zone and to say, what have I done really that's been all that awesome? I do that to myself all the time and then I have great moments of disappointment. And I'll be like, oh, really, that's all I've done. I kind of thought at this age, at the at the at the at the very ripe and old age of forty eight, I kind of thought I might be in a different place. Why did I think I'd be there? What did I think I'd be doing different? And I get real objective and I start saying, well, I know why a couple things went wrong, A, B, C, D, E. <laughs> The list is usually not that long. But I step back and look at myself outside of myself, almost like having an out-of-body experience to say, when I look at my life in its totality, if I'm not fulfilled, I'm not happy. And I'm, I'm happy most of the time. There are just times where I'm like, I could be doing better than this. This is not the, the only thing I can do. I start questioning things, like, why is that the case? And I start saying, well, you know why? Because let's be honest, I mismanaged money when I did this. Um, I wasted money when I did that. When I was in that relationship and I spent time, energy and effort on this when I knew it wasn't right. okay, that was a setback for me. I started really being objective and I stopped a long time ago. The accountability is another big thing you have to step into. And I started saying, you know, something I have to be accountable for my actions and the decisions that I make. It doesn't matter how other people respond or what they do or don't do. It's have I done within the full capacity of my being, the things that are right for me that may not work for everybody else. It doesn't mean I'm being fully selfish, but understanding how to be selfless and selfish is another thing you have to learn to master. And that's a whole nother podcast. So I have learned to be objective to say, when I get my feelings, okay, now I got to step out my feelings and try to see it from the other person's perspective. That's the whole part about empathy. Being able to say, okay, I get why you might've got a little peeved off with me based on what something I said or something that I did. Gotta own it. And when you own it, can you go back and correct it? It doesn't mean a person may be forgiving, but at least you owned it and said, hey, I owe you apology. I don't expect you to accept it or be okay with it, but I was out of line when I did this because I felt this way about something and it wasn't fair because when I think about what you said, that made sense and I could see perhaps why we ended up where we did. Sometimes you'd be surprised how people can respect when you come back and apologize because you offended them in some way, even if you felt offended. If you can see the error in your ways, Taking ownership is a big part of personal growth. So that's the objectivity piece. Sometimes you'll, you'll step off your square and can, you can master it depending on the situation and the person. And other times you may take three steps back before you take five steps forward, truth be told, with objectivity. Because emotion, again, learning how to control your emotion and harness that piece is a thing that's important. So know your triggers. Again, when you feel anger creeping up, say, oh, I'm getting a little hot. This means this person's getting the best of me. Or the situation is really pissing me off. It's really pissing me off. And I'll tell you, I'm getting that old age, you pissing me off thing. Sometimes my fuse can be real short with people. I'd be like, did did you? No. And then I'm like, hey, Maya, take a step back. And every now and then, I'll be honest. I just let the Kraken out. I do. I do. And I hate to say this. um, When I let the Kraken out, you know anything about Clash of the Titans? Release the Kraken. I hate to say this. Sometimes when I let the cracking out, it really feels good. Part of trying to always be responsible and accountable is sometimes it gets the best of you and it can be a little overwhelming, seriously. Um, and every now and then you ever notice, and Zach, you're right, it is. ownership, Accountability and ownership is a huge part of maturity. But I have to admit that when I do let the cracking out, it really feels good, <laughs> which means either there was too much emotion tied to that situation that should have never and that's why I started to learn deal with things up front and don't let things fester and grow because the outcome on the end of things you've allowed to fester and grow is always far worse than if you would have dressed in the beginning people always think I'll keep putting it on the back burner and what you don't understand is that pot is boiling and when it blows it's often worse than before you let it get hot just address it and say, I'm going to say this. It's probably not right. You're not going to like it, but I feel like if I don't address this now, this is going to go south because you've done this to me about three times now, and now three is the first time, shame on you. The second time, you know, shame on me. The third time is shame on us both, and this needs to be fixed. See, when you let things fester because you're afraid to confront them, because people don't like confrontation, things tend to get out of hand. So just know that learning to be objective and seeing other people's perspective can help you to find balance and understand where what your role was in something as well. And the last thing is about comfort control and convenience. Be prepared to forfeit it. Being comfortable often means you can sacrifice the things that mean a lot to you in your life because you don't wanna step outside your comfort zone and work a little harder for something. Convenience, when things are easy and simple, we tend to prefer them over hard work. But as my grandma would say, nothing ever easy was worth anything. So sometimes you are, you have to work a little harder and it's gonna be inconvenient but you know at the end what you're going to achieve is there and you know and control sometimes you have to be willing to give up a little bit of your control honestly to be able to achieve the thing you want one of the primary reasons a lot of people are truly struggling with with covid-19 what's happening is the 3 Cs life got real uncomfortable life got real inconvenient and they had no control and they got deepen their feelings about it, opposed to saying, okay, realistically, this is a situation I flat out cannot control, it's going to be inconvenient, and it's hella uncomfortable. Real talk. So being that this is something that I honestly cannot fully navigate, how can I make adjustments with my life to make this work for me? Believe it or not, there are some people who have thrived during this pandemic because of the way they approached the situation. They didn't let it be the thing that took them off their square. That's strength. Because adversity is the thing along with ownership that helps you to grow. When you learn how to be flexible and say, okay, I'm not digging this, I'm not feeling this, but I gotta, I gotta deal with this, it's, it's out of my control. How can I make the adjustments until things get back to a normal that I can accept or wait? In the midst of this, is there something here I can be doing? Let me tell you, I, I was fortunate and didn't stop working. So I didn't have to deal with that financial stress. That That's stressful. A lot of people were in, in a, a bad situation. For, so for those of us that were still working, I'm like, maybe we weren't in the best situations, but we still kind of had a blessing in disguise that we still have an income. There were other people that were not prepared and did not have extra income. So they were really struggling. I said, so even though I was in a job that came with high risk, I still was going to work every day. Um, but here was a difference what I did. Um, I found by not being able to go out and do things, that money that I I started looking at how much money I wasn't spending. And I said, look how much money I was spending on things I didn't need to. I started paying off bills. I reduced more than 70 percent of my debt. Because I start paying off bills with money I would have been wasting doing something else. I also start working out. As opposed to sitting around, I start working, I start walking outside, being more, and when gyms shut, I start doing, I like downloaded the Peloton app and start working out through my TV and start working. And then I joined a fitness challenge and I lost 15 pounds and I'm still doing the challenge. And I'll be honest, this is the best I have felt in a long time. I took the adversity and the challenge, because if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. And I decided to do something different. So that's my thing about. Comfort control and convenience can be the very thing that legitimately can throw you off your square. So being Objective and having insight into these things are how you can begin to have a shift and get to that better version of yourself. So that's it for this this Maya reflection of episode six and seven. Make sure you check it out. Go to mayaakai.com and you can listen to episodes as well as the podcast resources on the website as well. Click on the tab, you can read some different articles, research and things. I want you to have some additional things to help you gain insight to all these things that I'm talking about. The next episode, episode seven, will air tomorrow at seven o'clock. It will be live, so you can check out episode seven. Um, I decided to kind of throw a monkey wrench and talk about your personality traits and types a little later, because I figured I was giving you a lot to chew on. But once we talk about your personality traits, you will understand exactly how you operate in all of your relationship realms, personal, private, professional pervasive you'll be like this is why i am where i am because this is me spot on passive aggressive not that we're talking about being introverted versus extroverted there's actually the myers Brig inventory that will help you understand a lot more about yourself and how you make decisions based on your personality types so that's what episode eight is about that's tomorrow which will air at seven o'clock so you can check it out it'll be live right here on facebook um as well as there's a link you'll be able to listen to it as well so with that being said Make sure you check out former episodes, mayakai.com. Go to your favorite podcast platform. It might be iTunes, Google, or iHeartRadio to search Maya, my ambition, your ambition, and you can listen to past episodes. And just remember, as I close this out, folks, just remember, a key thing, your focus leads your energy. I'm stealing that from somebody else, I'm telling you. So as you focus, you take all of your energy and your effort And you put it behind your focus. So ask yourself this question. Am I focused on the things that I should be focused on? And if you don't know what they are, you should start making a list. I can help you do that. Until tomorrow, everybody, for episode eight, happy Wednesday. I will see you tomorrow. Get inspired. Get motivated. With Maya Akai and the Maya My Ambition, Your Ambition Podcast. Something that I take pride in is trying to be forward thinking, thinking outside the box, challenging myself. And as I challenge myself, hopefully I challenge you. Find Maya on Twitter and Instagram at Maya underscore Akai. On Facebook at Maya Akai Presents. We're going to talk health, wealth, fitness, mental health, financial, lots of different things that can empower you as you seek out the ambition that you're pursuing. Or get everything Maya at MayaAkai.com. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today.